You nervous? I'm very nervous. You should be very nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything I do turns into a fire storm. You're not a you real do. man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a real woman or what are you? Yeah. That's so good. Here we go. In three, two, let's do it. Okay, guys, we are rolling into another episode of The Candace Owens Show. And wow, the student has become the teacher. <laughs> when I was an early scrub on YouTube, I got the call and Dave Rubin wanted to have me on his show and I freaked out. And Dave Rubin, welcome to The Candace Owens Show. I have regretted that every day since. <laughs> Did you ever think that you'd be sitting across from me on my show? Be real. All right, well, joking aside... You are the only person that walked out of my studio after one interview, and I turned to David, who's my husband, partner, and producer, and I was like, she is going places. Like, it was so obvious that you were just on it, and you were going to relentlessly fight for what you believe in. I did not realize the rise would be like this. Right. I guess it's been a little bit more of a, a rocket ship, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard because I'm I'm still learning. I don't think people realize that. Is that remember, I didn't even have opinions on things when I was on your show. Yeah. Like, well, there were like, a couple you... things, but you, you did the right thing, though. So there was a moment where I asked you, I think, something about the surveillance state, and you basically were like, I don't know enough to talk about that right, right. now. And I was like, well, that's what you're supposed to say if you don't know enough to talk about right now. But that's not what anyone does. No one does that on cable news, right? Mm -hmm. No politician ever does that. They don't stop and be like, you know what, I really need to think that one through or I need to find out more before. I they just give you some ridiculous answer. And it's why we're watching the media crumble and the political establishment crumble. It's all nonsense. Right. You have basically people that have never accomplished anything, most of them, except you know, become people that are in office or get TV gigs. They've never done anything. They've never run anything. They've never employed anyone. And yet, they're experts. Only, they're ex not only the experts, if only they were in charge, if only we would give them power over us, they could tell us how to live our lives better. Right. And it's all nonsense. And one of the things that I'm thrilled about, and I think you're part of it, and I like to think I'm part of it, and a bunch of us are, is that we're waking people up to this nonsense. Right. That it's your life. You as an individual have to figure out how to live your life the best way possible. And you don't have to turn to the government for everything. And the more that you turn to the government for everything, actually, the more that you outsource the point of being a human, which is to be on an adventure and figure out life for yourself. Every great movie they ever loved, what's the point? What does the hero do? The hero's not like, oh, can I get the government to help me? No, they're like, <laughs> Luke was like, I'll blow up the Death Star. He Frodo, I'm gonna throw the ring in the, in the what the hell was that? I wasn't a big fan of the, that movie. I don't know, it was like an he eye, threw the ring eye in the, of the mountain. Yeah, he threw the thing, thing in the eye of the mountain. He did it though, he didn't call up somebody to do it. Right, right. And uh, so there's really, there's a political awakening happening and I'm, and I'm very, enthused by it. You're it's at the, awesome, You're at the actually. forefront of it. I'm going to call you out on something. Yes, it's call, already let's been, fight, We're already please. two minutes in. Yeah, right? we're so two minutes in. We said it. nice things about I each other. I am so sick of yes. you saying that you're a classical liberal. It makes me <laughs> physically <laughs> nauseous, okay? The whole yes. world knows yeah. that there's just no way. You're too practical. You're too smart. And you're not most people that's, I'm still learning. We've watched your yeah. stuff, okay? You've spoken to so many people. You have an in-depth knowledge of things that, I mean, you, you've done stuff on, on even... Uh, drugs and, and psychedelics and yeah. you, you're just you're like a wealth of knowledge and yet you insist on calling yourself a classical liberal and it's cheap and it's ending today well first off I want to thank you for putting vodka in here because that's <laughs> gonna help this portion of the conversation um okay so look I am a classical liberal and I would argue if we say if we sit here long enough I can get you to admit that you're a classical liberal too. Now, the way these words and phrases has shifted over the years is the issue because by say British standards, we're both basically liberals. By American standards, the left has hijacked liberalism. So liberalism, which basically means live and let live, and uh, classical liberalism, which means that you believe in the, you believe in individual rights above anything else. You don't believe in group rights or collective rights. You believe in individual rights. You believe in free speech. You believe in open inquiry. You believe in laissez-faire economics with a light touch from the government. Now, everything I just said sounds like conservatism, right? That's what. That's why you're getting all hot and bothered yeah. over here. Uh, but the point is that there was a version of liberalism. Liberalism at its core, that is what it's about. And for and then the left sort of hijacked that using social issues mostly. Um, and I remember, I'm not that old, I'm 42. I remember when there was a decent liberalism. But Dave, and, the plane has been hijacked. That's the point, right? Well, so it's nice well, to say- I was the guy yelling. Right. I was telling people as they were getting on the plane, right. you may not want to get on this plane, guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> you see this guy? That's, you know, that's the hijacker. He's, then you have to yeah. change it. It's like me no. saying, oh, the reason why I say I'm not a feminist. Yes, I could go back and I say, I, I'm a classical feminist. Sure. Right? I you believe, could say I'm a first wave feminist. Right? I'm a first wave feminist. Yeah. I'm a classical feminist. I believe that men and women should have, have uh, the similar rights. We should yeah. have equality for men and women. But the truth is, the plane's been hijacked. It's yeah. not feminism anymore. So you have to acknowledge what you are by definition today. Bub, back me up right now and threaten Dave Rubin. Okay, well, I'm a classical straight white man. Oh, Jesus, a classical straight white man. Classical straight white male. Yeah, that's the scariest yeah, of all things these days. Right. Jesus. Well, that was classical, right? you, I feel you threatened. You hired one to run the show? I, I, feel, I, I feel threatened. Um, so, look, I get your point. So it would be silly for you to say I'm a feminist now and then every time that you say it have to qualify. I mean, right. I mean a first wave feminist. However, there is there are quite literally millions of people, not only in the United States, but all over the world, that have been brought up through leftism, that that's the default position, that being a lefty basically is the good thing. And that's what the media teaches you. That's what the political establishment teaches you. And I think the reason people care about what I do is four or five years ago when I started talking about this as a progressive, because I was, and I started going, guys, something's not right here. This identity politics thing is very dangerous. You can't claim that everybody who you disagree with, it's not possible that everyone that you disagree with is a bigot or a racist or a homophobe. Um, you, can, you can't, how are you guys so moral and everyone else is so immoral? All of these things, I started talking about it. And then by just being honest about what I was thinking, people started waking up to it. So Look, right now, it's very, look, Candace, we do we do college gigs together. Who do we get invited by? We get invited by conservatives and libertarians. Right. I never get invited by any lefty group or progressive group or anything like that. Would I Would I go if I got invited? Of course I would. Yeah, and sure. what do we do at the events that we do? I always, I do this not just when I'm with you. I always go up there and I say, I'll ask, if you disagree with me, come up first. Right. I always go out of my way to do that. Those are liberal principles. Now, do I have more in common with conservatives of today, of course. Right. I'm not I'm not denying that that's the truth. But for me to say that I'm not a liberal anymore, while I understand the utility of it in the way that you're laying it out, would actually not do a good service. So you're I, saying I, I that, don't think. And, it may, and maybe you're right, because I'm sure that people on the left are much more inclined to watch your show than they are to watch mine, right? Because I've sort of said I'm a conservative and they think I'm already lost. And yeah. maybe if they actually listened to what I was saying, they would be brought over. But because you say... I guess they identify with you more because you're like, look, I'm a classical liberal. I'm one of you. And here's what I'm seeing as a classical liberal. Yeah. I'm going to start calling myself a classical <laughs> feminist. <laughs> right? Well, you you are a classical feminist. I am. Though, I actually that, believe in, in equality. And in this is you, not equality. That we're getting like we want plus rights and we want right. power and we want control. That's not equality. No. Right? No, that's authoritarian yeah. craziness, yeah. which is what modern feminism has morphed into. So, yes, it would – by that logic, it would make sense. If you started walking around saying, I'm a, I bet you would gain some traction, actually, if you right. did that. And I don't mean this purely, like now it sounds what like. what I need is traction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to get on Twitter? Right. You want to trend girl? You know what I'm saying? Um, right. Last you just thing I'm looking all, for right is now like is a traction. Little, yeah, a little more juice for Candace. That would be good. No, but, but. But there would be value in that. Imagine if, if you just got that phrase out there. I'm a classical – because people are confused because you are a feminist. Right. Your life is what feminism is supposed to be. You have – as a woman, you happen to be a woman and you have relentlessly fought for what you believe in and you have succeeded at it. You have not asked for favors. You have not used your sex, your gender as a cudgel over anyone. You have done what the essence of true feminism is. So in a certain sense, you are a classical feminist. Right. And actually, if you started tweeting that phrase out, it might help people make the distinction so that when people on the right, when you say I'm a feminist right. and you really do mean it, well, that's confusing to people on the right now because they're going, whoa, 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 feminist, you mean, you mean this new – thing where, you know, the, the woman's march and this thing where we have to judge each other in the oppression Olympics and all of those things. So there's some value in, in it. I would just say I don't really want to, because there are so many bad actors on the left, I don't want to, I, I, I don't owe them giving up something that I know is true. Right. I know it is true. It does not mean that I don't agree with you guys more on most things at this point. Like if I've shifted on anything, I th I'd say I've shifted a little bit economically right. And that, so I've shifted more libertarian right. Uh, but beyond that, he's making some money now, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that is, but but I'll tell you what, that is part of it. Right. But but that's not because of um, that's not because of greed or any way that they would frame the argument around money. I can tell you that I'm a small business owner, right? right? So you, get I it. have several. Uh, we have about five full time employees. We've got about five part time employees. I pay all their dental and health 100. percent We treat our employees great. I now know that the way business operates by being a small business owner. 
if the government comes in and takes a huge percentage, and I live in California, so when I pay my taxes, it's an obscene amount of money. Well, that's money that I can't now hire more people or put towards marketing right. or, or a series oh, I get of other. It. I get yeah. it. And, and they rely on the ignorance of people that have not ever tried to start their own businesses. Right. And then they just paint you as greedy and you're white and you're male. And that, that's the entire reason. But it's like, actually, no, I'm doing more for people to come up. I'm employing people, yeah. right? I want to give them good benefits. I want to make sure they have a standard of living that's agreeable. But the people, unless you live it, unless you go through it, it's very difficult for them to understand this. Right. So that, I mean, I know you know this, but so that, what the left has done very effectively is they say everything that is easy to understand at the most sort of low resolution level. So every, I'm for women, I'm for black people, I'm for Muslims, I'm for high taxes on rich people, all of these things, they all sound good. Like you're for all of these people, mm -hmm. you're for taking from the rich and giving to the poor. It all sounds good at that very low resolution level. But once you dig a little bit deeper, it's it's all nonsense. Right. I mean, it really is all nonsense. You can't say you're for women. So when they say they're for women, well, they're not for Candace Owens, they're right? Certainly they're not they're, for, they're not for Nikki Haley. They're no. not for Sarah Huckabee Sanders. They're not for Ivanka Trump. They they're were not... for Ivanka Trump. Now they're not for Ivanka Trump. So so saying you're for women is just a silly thing. Now, I'm 100% for women's equality, which they have in the United States. Um, but to say you're for black people, they're not for, are they for Candace Owens? Not I mean, for Candace Owens, we, not right, for we know they're not for Kanye West. Not for Kanye West until he says he wants out of politics. Now his press has been okay. Right, now it's got right, it's gotten a <laughs> little it seems Suddenly they don't want to send him to the mental institution Right, it's anymore. weird. He yeah. seems to be doing okay. Yeah, before he was tweeting from a mental institution. Right. Now, <laughs> now he's out of politics. They're like, oh, he's great. He's again. great. <laughs> um, but all of these things, they sound good if you don't think about them. So it sounds good. Rich people should be taxed to the end. 70%, like Ocasio-Cortez, 70%, which then if you lived in New York City, I read that it was with New York City taxes and state taxes, at the highest margins, it would be 84% marginal tax rate. I mean, it now you may go, well, no one needs that much money. But A, it's not up to you to decide how much someone right. else should have. And B, just because the state then takes all that money, it doesn't mean that they do anything good with right, it. Actually, they're going to give it to you. Of course, they're not going to give it to you. And guess you. what? If they gave it to you, that wouldn't be good either. It doesn't mean that you earn it or, or owe anything. So I would, in almost every case, I would say the less government involvement is is the answer. And believe it or not, that is a liberal principle. But will I ever really, like, so like Stephen Crowder, for example, will always be tweeting about the liberals. And every now and again, I'll be like, Crowder, you don't really mean the liberals, you mean the lefties. Now, I know it's it's an unwinnable long-term... No, Dennis Prager hits on this, too, and, and, yeah, and, and I probably and should, switch, I should switch my language, too, because there is a difference between a liberal and a leftist, and I see it all the time. I have liberals come up to me and say, oh, my God, Candace Owens, I follow you on Twitter. Like, I'm a liberal, just so you know, yeah. but I like hearing your ideas. And I go, yes, you are a liberal. You're, you are not a leftist. And that's why it's worth holding that position. So right. I get it. I could, I could go all in on this, and I could be like, I'm a conservative, and then think... To the conservatives, how much value that would have because I'm gay married and, you know, I'm begrudgingly pro-choice and I'm pro-weed. Like things that they're not supposed to be for. Right. But I could be like, I'm a conservative and, and they're cool with me. Like that would have a lot of value to the conservatives. Right. But I don't believe – I'm being true to myself. Right. And, and also, you know – at the, at the political conversation level, it's fun to like go through all these words and, you know, what are you so we can all think of each other in like this certain box and all that. Um, but what I would rather do is just talk about whatever my ideas are. And then at the end of the day, uh, someone watching this can say, you know, he's a he's a liberal or he's an idiot or, you right. know, or he's a conservative or whatever else. And well, you, I know, think you just let the chips fall where they may. Yes. So by by 2019 standards in that I want to conserve Liberalism. I want to conserve free speech mm, he wants while to we still got it. Liberalism. Yeah. Yeah. Well huh? done. Well done. Huh? I've been doing this for a while. <laughs> right. Come on now. Well done. I yeah. want to conserve liberalism. Ah, ah, clever. Classical clever. liberal. I prepared today. <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, but that but that is the truth. The things that I want that you want to conserve. I want to conserve freedom. I want to conserve limited government, states' rights, people to control their own destiny. These are all things that right now are pretty rich on the right. And there is there is nothing left on the left. I mean, this is this is just sadly true. I, I think I've only said this once or twice before, but you know, when we're since we're doing this at PragerU, and since we're doing this right now, um, when I did that, why I left the left video, um, which was their number one video for like two years, and now this Stucky, you know, this Ali Stucky. Oh, she's she, good. She took me out. She's number one. Yeah, she took me out. She's number one. So we'll we'll see about that. But I think I have like the number one in ten videos. That's pretty good. But anyway. That was a little self-congratulations for myself there. Hold but, on, stop, stop. Congratulations, yes, Dave. Yeah, okay. Everybody give him what go. he's looking for. Yeah, yeah. Legally, the PragerU people have to <laughs> applaud that, don't you? What is Dennis doing over here? 
Um, but when I did that video, why I left the left, I never said the phrase I left the left. I just did sort of a decimation of the left. And I did, if you're a liberal, you're not a leftist. That was the premise of the video, if you watched the two minute video. And they titled it Why I Left the Left. And I woke up that morning. I didn't know the video was going up that day. And my phone's blowing up about this. And, and I see, you know, Why I Left the Left, Dave Rubin. I was, and I was pissed. I was actually really pissed because I was like, I never said that. And I've been trying to reform the left from the inside. But now I'm making a video that I know is going to go viral. It was very obvious within five minutes where it's saying I left the left. Like, does that erode my credibility right. amongst the lefties? And what I quickly realized was there was a world of people, I mean, a massive world of people, millions and millions of people that were thinking the exact same it thing is. I was thinking. So it doesn't whether, like, I can't honestly say I'm part of the left anymore. Um, but what I can do is make the distinction between a lefty and a liberal. And that, and Dennis does do that. And right. I think it's important to do those things. I think, you know, one of the things that I'm also noticing now, and it's a, it's a good time if you are on the left to jump ship because they're totally cannibalizing themselves oh, right yeah. now. And, well, this can't sustain itself. I, it cannot sustain itself. I'm watching it. I'm just like, this is getting weird, but I'm, I'm enjoying watching this. And I was, I was talking recently about the, the speaking of feminism, yeah, feminism and trans debate. Like, how's that going to kind of go in together? Because I, I thought feminism, classic feminism, we want equality with men. Um, and we've carved out all of these spaces for us in, in, in sports. And now all of a sudden men can, if you talk about the patriarchy, yeah. can step into what we're doing and beat us at everything. Men because biologically, crush. right, they can do that. Mm -hmm. I don't want men abusing women. Unless they're wrestling them and saying yeah, they identify that picture, yeah, yeah. in a chokehold. Yeah. And it's insane to me that this is, oh, this is okay, that this is even a debate or a discussion. Well, this is, I mean, but this is what they do. They stake out crazy positions and then they make you negotiate backwards. So like... Look, the worst player in the NBA, the worst male professional basketball player would be the MVP of the WNBA. That's exactly that, right. That's just true. I don't take some great pleasure in You're saying transphobic. that. transphobic. Yeah, I remember there was this woman when the... When the <laughs> You're transphobic. Uh, yeah, when... when uh, I remember when the WNBA started, there was this woman, Cynthia Cooper, who played on the uh, Houston... I think they were the Houston Comets. And she was awesome. She was awesome. But I remember thinking she would be a scrub in the NBA. You know what I mean? Right. She, because she was still small. Women generally are smaller. Mm -hmm. She wasn't really that fast compared to the way a fast man is. These are these are just biological realities. And they don't want us to be able to talk about biological realities. I, I don't like seeing those pictures. When I see a trans athlete, so a, a male to female trans athlete choking a woman, and then I see the, the women on the left and the, the women's march and, and that right. crew, the, the feminists defending that right. because they've created this intersectional pyramid where now trans is sort of above female and Islam is above that and this is above that and this is above that. And these are all competing interests. Right. You cannot group people together by your perceived oppressions, which by the way, they're perceived oppressions. They're not real oppressions. No, of course. If you live in the United States of America in 2019, you are not oppressed. <laughs> you have every, op this is the greatest. Spoiled rotten. You are spoiled freaking rotten. And you know how you know you're spoiled rotten? Because you don't go anywhere. Right. None of these people go anywhere. That's Lena Dunham is still country. here. Right. Leave. I'm going to Canada. Go. Lena yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. America's great. Of course. Yeah. By the way, did you read, you need to read this. Uh oh. So Lena Dunham just did an essay, an open essay in... I want to say it might have been Vogue.com, don't quote me, but she, she was talking about her sex life. She's always talking about her sex no, life. Oof. I know, and it's not fun for us, but I had to read it because- I actually just got gayer. Talk about- There's the promo. There's the promo. There it is. Yeah. Um, but she was talking about how she likes it really rough in bed. And now because of movements like Me Too, Men won't be rough and bad. Literally, she's like the you, author of the Me did. Too movement. You yeah. did this to yourself. And then she says, I mean, this poor guy is on this date. And she tells him, like, you know, he's not being rough enough. And he starts, she's like, and I'm having thoughts about the Me Too movement. And yes, exactly. What a, what a, it, it, uh, men are terrified to do talk, to make a move, to do anything. And it's turning them into women. And these women don't actually want men. Of course she likes it rough and bad, right? Of course. She's talking about this openly. And I'm just thinking to myself, it was astonishing to, to, to just read it and to, to appreciate the psychology behind this. Yeah. And she's just having a full meltdown. Of course, in the end, doesn't work out with this guy, and he never calls her back. And and then and then one day when he's is being rough with her, she says that was too rough. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, 
you what do all, you want? They, what do you want, feminists? What they, do you want? But the reason that they've the reason they behave this way is because they've created basically a completely incohesive worldview. When you have all of these ideas that are at, at odds with each other, the, the truth is, and this is not this is not a phobic of anyone to say you are for Islam and for gay people. This is, these are absolutely competing interests. Now, does that mean that your next door neighbor who happens to be Muslim may love gay people? He may be gay himself. Right. But you can't say you're for a set of ideas that where these ideas are practiced is horrible for gay people. So pick one. So this is why Ilan Omar is the most disingenuous person that we have in the United States government, possibly ever. But think about it. She runs around screaming about trans rights and gay rights and all of these things. Swears over the Quran. Yeah. Right? Now, and again, I have not, this has nothing to do with judging any individual Muslim person, of no, course. No, it's just it's objective just, truths. Yeah. But but does she go, and she would tell you that any Christian church that doesn't allow gay marriage is full of a bunch of bigots, right? And that's what the media will tell you. They go after Chris Pratt's church. But there's no mosque in America that, that performs gay marriages. Why would she, why does she go to a mosque that is bigoted in her view? Right. But she does, and it's because they create this system that is com- it's completely incongruent. No. So you'll always be walking around with these inconsistencies, and then what's the best thing to do? Well, if you get challenged on the ideas of your inconsistency, it's not to debate the ideas, it's to immediately say that the person across from you is a racist or a bigot. Right. And, and they've tricked everyone to thinking that that's how they can behave. And I think that if I've done one thing pretty decently in the last couple of years, by escaping that... And showing people, you know, if you actually can think for yourself and be willing to sit across in my own home where my studio is from Ben Shapiro, who takes a really, he takes a religious approach, approach to marriage. So he, this is not someone who's thrilled about gay marriage, but now takes a libertarian approach that it shouldn't be government. Well, I can then invite him into my home and we can have a debate about that. Right. Um, you know, just this week, my show this week is with Lila Rose from Live Action Network, who's a pro-life advocate. As I've said, I'm begrudgingly pro-choice. We had a great conversation about that. Those are liberal principles to be able to agree to disagree, to be able to figure out where the truth is. Uh, and unfortunately, again, that just does that's just not what the left is doing right no. now. And I, I don't think – the thing is it needs to burn. I used to think you could reform it, and that's why I was like, all right, if I stay in this thing, we can fix this. But what I've realized is that every time there's been a chance where they should look in the mirror, Trump got elected president. Maybe you should look in the mirror. I thought they. Would, I actually thought they would. The Mueller thing. Look in the mirror. But no, no, you they consistently just down. they they double down. They triple down. They and They quadruple down. They're just like there's more racist than yeah. we thought, right? Yeah. Like, like, right. Like, like, yeah. Like, what? But also they they <laughs> find enemies everywhere. They find enemies everywhere. So I've been saying this for years. They will at the end they will turn on Bernie because at the end no matter what he offers them. What, no matter how many socialist, nonsensical things he offers them, he is an old white man. So get, no matter what happens, yep. they will turn on him one day. Even the idea right now, so Joe Biden, who's basically just a centrist sort of nothing. I, you can find tweets of mine, I think, from like 10 years ago when he was originally running against Obama when, before, you know, before Obama became the nominee. So you know, this is, what, 10, 11 years ago. I kind of like Joe Biden. He struck me as like a basically decent liberal who was sort of centrist. Running around, and, eating ice cream. Yeah, whatever. Uh, and, and I, I was kind of- how I got here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as much ice cream as Trump, right? Because right? no, no, Trump has two ice creams while everyone has one ice cream. Ice cream. Um, but but wait, you know, it's like they're floating this idea of Joe Biden right now. And it's like, Joe Biden would have to be would have to have some sort of brain damage to do it because they they would have to they would have to destroy him by default. Right. He is everything that they have fought. They have created a system where you think the old white guy is going to be the one that's going to save the Democratic Party. They will. He may not realize it. Like he may be so in his like own zone after being VP that he doesn't realize what the base of the party is. But they will destroy. They will destroy him. him. And and that's so sad right. that they're going to then. The collection of people that they have from Cory Booker and Kamala Harris and Beto, it, it's such an, it's such oh an God, unqualified group Cory of people Booker. who will just just try to use each one of their own oppressions against each other. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, where is the party of JFK? That's why I know I'm still a liberal. Right. Because JFK was a liberal Democrat. It's happening. It's Trump. Yeah. You want to well, know where it is? It's a Trump. You, you may <laughs> be right. You may be right. Yeah. Trump. And and you know what? Look, I think actually after the after the Mueller thing, what's going to happen is. Trump will now feel feel very vindicated and very free. And what I would love to see, and I actually, I really, can, I'm starting to see this, is that the center right 
will start, it's, it's happening already, but it will become really rich with ideas because the left will have purged everybody. And then I think if Trump goes to that, if he goes, you know what? I really did kind of crush the mainstream media now. It wasn't that I got just became president. I also, I survived the Mueller thing, right? So right. I survived MSNBC. I survived Brian Stelter and the rest of these clowns. And if he, if he takes his foot off the gas a little bit, if he goes, you know, I'm going to maybe not attack my enemies as much, just right. like a couple little tactical things, I think the opportunity for a center right that is the home now of the of the classical liberals and the disaffected lefties and the conservatives and the libertarians and whatever else, man, that's 80% of America right there. So take that for it. Can you send this to him? No, Your buddy, Look, buddy. Uh, yeah, with him. Can I, you, I agree. Uh, I, I totally agree. I think he, he had to go full pedal to the metal in the beginning because he's, I mean, he's just fighting everyone. And, and but what we're seeing right now is the slow and painful death of the mainstream media, well-deserved, by the way, and the birth of a new alternative media, people like you, people like me, because what's happening is people are thirsty for truth. They're thirsty for conversation even, yeah. right? So people might be watching this and they might disagree with me, they might disagree with you, but they respect the fact that we're willing to engage in a dialogue about things that they're not supposed to talk to less be considered a transphobe or or a homophobe or whatever however many phobes and things that they have that they can call us yeah and they're getting so ridiculous now where sometimes you have to have fun right so like i'm literally hitler yeah. like in the press because i really have the look and i'm sure he would have loved me would've right loved he would have said that's my girl right yeah. and and, and only now, second to me right and then yeah. and then you talk about this stuff where they're they're not even just actively creating a society leftists that other people can't thrive in they can't thrive in it themselves, right? They're creating things that they don't want. And that was what was so astonishing to me about the Selena Dunham piece is that she went so hard in on the Me Too movement and never once stopped to think. Do I want men who are afraid to talk to me, that are afraid to make moves on me? They don't think, they just do. But that's what I'm saying about this incohesive or this disconnected set of ideas that actually will always lead you to that. So think about it. When the when the Women's March was dealing with this whole thing about how they were treating Jews, they were literally talking about, well, wait a minute, how, do we have to treat Jews like white people? That was the idea. Now, of course... Judaism is a religion, so there are black Jews and there are white Jews and there are Latino Jews and everything else. But there, the, the idea, it shows the flaw of collectivism that they were like, wait a minute, here's a group of people that have been holocausted and pogromed and hunted and hounded for, for you know, thousands of years. It's the most ridiculously depressing history of all time. And yet alternately, um, completely inspiring because they've survived and done so many good things. Black community could learn. If yeah, you're watching well, black community, I always say, who do we need to learn from? The Jewish community. The, the, the bounce back from the Holocaust to where Jewish people are in America today is astonishing and should be well respected by every group that's ever lived through anything. There is no Jewish Lives Matter chapter. They're not burning down their own neighborhoods. They're starting businesses. They're raising up their own. And uh, the network and, and the community, the sense of community that the Jewish people have is something that should be admired. Yeah. Well, that's what keeps people going. I mean, that's that's the story of Fiddler on the Roof. Like, it's right. that this thing keeps going no matter how bad it gets. And the Russians are going to come and take your village. You go somewhere else and do something good somewhere else and and keep those traditions going that keep you connected to the, the broader eternal thing whatever whatever you want to call that um where the hell was i going with this i don't know i just jumped in but uh, I, further on the roof i i played the daughter in middle school i do remember her being a black woman. Got, <laughs> <laughs> if i were a rich man i just want everybody to know that my acting chops i did play, play oh i had a good point there before that there was something okay, really good there. Old. Yeah, I'm getting old. I'm working so hard these days. Right, I know. I have so many things going on at once. I'm writing this book and I'm working on this tech stuff with Peterson and some other things, you know, because we left Patreon and that whole oh, thing. Oh, hey, uh, America, if you'd like to know something fun about Dave Rubin, speaking of money and rich people, Candace Owens no longer has any money going into her Patreon account <laughs> because I went on Twitter one day and Dave Rubin announced with Jordan Peterson that we should all leave Patreon so and and I got dis I got affected. I didn't I didn't even join the movement, but I'm now in the movement. Leave yeah. Patreon. Yeah, but that was good. Uh, the, the war on tech is something. I don't know if my wallet something... with me. I give you a couple <laughs> no, bucks. You can cut me a check yeah. on the way out, and yeah, I know yeah. where you live. <laughs> but this is actually important. So yeah. the, the tech thing is is increasingly important, right? Yeah. And if there's one thing that I regret, and I will say this now, it's that I didn't speak when Alex Jones got banned from Twitter, and I should have, and it was wrong for me not to. So I've done the same mea culpa, by the way. I've said this post it happening. Uh, Jones getting booted from all the platforms. I did a show with Eric Weinstein and I said, you know, I think that we in the IDW, the intellectual dark web, whatever you want to call this loose group of people that have been coming together and talking about these things, I said that I think we should have offered Jones a better defense. It has nothing to do with anything he said. If I tell you truly, 
that I have watched maybe five cumulative minutes of anything he's ever done. And it's mostly just 20 second videos on Twitter of him screaming. Right. So I don't, I actually don't, I don't, even the Sandy Hook thing, I'm not, I'm truly not that familiar with most with of the, he said or with most of the things that he said. I just but accepted the, but, the media's narrative. But, right. But we watched a digital assassination take place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because they all did it within basically 48 hours, pretty much 24 hours. And it's like, so did they coordinate it? Of course it? Or, they did. Or are they just a bunch of cowards and once finally somebody did it, then someone else said, I have a little cover and I'm going to do it too. But the point is, is this guy so dangerous? Are, are the ideas that he puts forth, whatever those ideas may be, are they so dangerous that he can no longer communicate with other people the way we do in modern times? And if that's true, then why is Farrakhan on Twitter? Why is Hamas on Twitter? I mean, we could do the amount of endless white supremacists or, or whatever. Right. And again, I'm not for banning these people inherently. I as long as you're not as long as you're behaving within the laws of the United States. Right. So meaning you can't directly call for violence, you can't yell fire fire in a crowded theater. Short of that, you know, uh, you can I believe you can say whatever you want. Now, Jordan and I are working on this platform and I'm working on some other things where we're really trying to grapple with this because I'm starting to think that the day of the giant platform is overall together. Yep. That we don't, it, it's crazy that we're all on these platforms as if we've invited everyone into our house all the time. That's, and then we have it. Yeah, and we, we have haven't. It. And what I do is I invite all sorts of people into my home, well, first of my, my studio's in my home, but I, I have friends of all sorts of political stripes and from all walks of life, but I don't let just anyone into my home. Right. And I think we've created this thing where we have people who have so polar opposite ideas that it's just causing endless uh, catastrophe and fighting. And I don't know that the answer is to siphon ourselves off into our own little things because I want ideas to be challenged. But maybe we do need a little bit of a space, whatever you want to call it. I don't want to call it a safe space because it's not a safe space to protect you from ideas. But maybe we do need some spaces where we can let people incubate ideas without endlessly being assaulted. Right. So these are all the things that I think the future of tech is going to have to deal with. And maybe there are blockchain answers to some of these things. And no, I think I think if there's one thing that I've learned and I'm, I'm constantly growing and learning, it's just that I, I I actually really have a problem with the way that social media has banned certain people. Like I again, I've probably watched. 10 minutes of the Alex Jones show of InfoWars of, yeah. of his show and it was the 10 minutes that I was on it when I first started right yeah. um, and I, I sat next to him and to be honest he kind of is like a WWE style like yeah. screaming at the mic and nothing that he said or at least while I was sitting there and again I, I'm ignorant I could be I'm pleading yeah. ignorance here um, was something that is worthy of being banned from every platform and they're also banning people in the ways in the ways they make income and you can't use PayPal and you can't use Stripe you can't, and, 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 and this has happened this has happened with Chase Bank with now Chase too Bank, I mean it's happened just with all sorts people. of things, yeah. And my whole perspective is that it's today, you, tomorrow, me, right? Yeah. And and if we don't speak up, regardless of how you feel about someone, I've had my, my spats in the past with so many people and I now am finding my voice say, it's actually not even worth something that I'm spatting with. I'm like, I used to always get into little... T- t- yeah. stupid Twitter tips with like Ben Shapiro, yeah. right? I won't do it again. Yeah. I, I, I think the stakes are too high yeah. for us to be nitpicking each other and deciding if we agree on each other stylistically when we are actually on the brink of what what is looking like any of us can be banned at any moment if we're deemed too powerful. And whether you want to admit it or not, Alex Jones has a massive, massive yeah. following. Yeah. Period. And and look, did they make him bigger or smaller after? I would have, I would guess that he's bigger. I would guess he's bigger uh, too. You know, I don't have empirical evidence on this, but Anyone that was watching him is still going to watch him and they're going to go, he was right. Right. He was right the whole time. Right. They were coming for him, the globalists or right. whatever. They're, they're coming <laughs> the for him. The globalists. Like, that's yeah. an Alex Jones that, thing that, to do, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, but, like, my... but all they did was reinforce the idea that the censorship is here, which it is. It is here. That he's under attack, which he is. Free speech is coming, uh, you know, is, is being whittled away, all of those things. But I would say on the point about the little nitpick and fight things, I think once I saw you and Ben getting into something on Twitter and I think I texted you and I was like, maybe just let it be because you guys probably agree on 90% of the stuff. Right. So, so is he a little more critical of Trump per se than maybe you are or whatever the, whatever it was? It's not even important. It's like... Your basic set of ideas, the basic view of how you want the government to exist, how you want America to be, and how you want people to be free right. is basically all the same. Right. It really is. So whether you don't like a tactic that he uses when he's critical of Trump or he doesn't like you know, the way you speak to this person or whatever that is, those are the things where it's like- It's not going to matter. We can all be triggered and we can all jump and we can all want to defend ourselves and our team. And it's like sometimes if you just let those go- 
you will find something much richer on the other side. And, and believe me, I say this, I, this is no way preachy. I, I've messed up on this one too and I get into these fights Okay, sometimes. Dad. <laughs> okay, Dad. I've done it myself. Yeah. I smoked pot when I was 16 right. too. <laughs> but and, and this actually kind of hits at the fact that on the left, the one thing you have to give them credit for is that they are in lockstep. They do not critique it. You can't pay a leftist to critique a leftist, right? I mean, well, like, no, they're no matter in a hostage how absurd, situation. They're in a hostage. They'll sit yeah. behind and be like, Green New Deal sounds really good. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's great. <laughs> but put the planes in the ground, kill the cows. Yeah. Right? Like, and they'll pay say that. people to do nothing. And, <laughs> oh, we didn't put that in the document. Oh, I don't know how that got in the document. Right, yeah. exactly. So, and But there's something to be said that, and, and this could kind of hit the fact because they are actually not individuals and they are collectivists and they don't actually have any thoughts that are their own. It's harder for conservatives to get into lockstep because we pride ourselves on our individualism, but pride cometh, on our individualism, yeah. but pride cometh before the fall. So what what you're describing there, I, I sort of, if I had to visualize the way the left behaves, it's like 20 guys in a circle and they all have a gun to the guy to the left. <laughs> right. So it all is going in a circle. And right. it's like, oh, you're going to say anything I don't agree with? You're going down. Oh, you're going to say, so, it's yeah. a, so they're just circle keeping, squad. so they're basically keeping each other in constant hostage situation. But the other thing is, they know if you've imagined for years, if you were having political debates and you knew that the, you could beat all of your opponents basically by saying they were racist. Well, now let's say you start waking up and you start going, something ain't right here. Well, you know what those tactics are and you, you've been trained in those arts. So you know what they're going to do to you on the way out. And that also keeps people silent. So the people, because I get emails like this all the time, people are waking up. Most of my emails still are from lefties waking up. Right, mine and too. And they're going, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to say anything because I used to do this. I used to behave this way. So it's a self it's a self-hostage situation, which is a really bizarre thing. But that's why we have to just give people the room uh, to to figure out who they are and, and what they the think. Thing, and I talked about this. So what you, what you're getting at right now is um, the number one ingredient that it comes when you're when you're changing yourself. Uh, the one thing that you need is humility. And that is a hard pill yeah. to swallow. So when I came to you and I was on your show on the Ruben Report, I was like, I don't really know what is and what isn't, but I know that this is not right. And here's how I, you know, here's how I feel. And I'm absent some of these facts. It was a tremendously humbling experience to admit, yeah. to turn around and say, people that I once called racist aren't racist. And these people have gone in the era yeah. of Trump, have gone real far, right? They're, they've unfriended people on Facebook. Yeah. They've called all their friends homophobe. They've maybe ripped their kids. My kid's not going to that um, a birthday party because yeah. his mom voted for Trump. I mean, I've heard- Most some, of them are talking divorces. about politics people with their kids. People got divorced, yeah. okay? Yeah. So then how do you divorce your husband and then say, you know what? I was actually had a little bit wrong, right? Like, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't. Well, You've gone so far in on leftism that it's hard to come back to reality. But, and I think that's a, ma a major problem. But that's the point. That's the point. What about these people, these blue check verified people on Twitter who they quote their children all day long? I came home and my child was like, Donald Trump's immigration policy was. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. How old's your child? Two. Like, what no, the hell your, are you your talking kid didn't about? Say that. These people that was after Hillary lost. I was yeah, all over the day. I was like, I came home and my four year old was crying and I told her that she could still make it once. One day I'm like, why is your four-year-old even that invested in the, the election cycle? What are you talking about? I said to my, so when that was all happening, I said to my, at the time, I think he was six, maybe five-year-old nephew. I said, what do you think of Donald Trump? Without pausing, he goes, he goes, he has bad hair, he has a red tie, and his name's Donald Trump. Perfect. And I was like, that's a child's yeah. answer. That, that's and perfect. he happened to be more factually correct than anyone on CNN. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, yeah. that is bonkers. In, real, in reality, if your child was so invested that on the How night sad. of Hillary's election, they were crying, you're doing a bad job parenting because I didn't care. I but, didn't care when Al Gore was running against Bush. I think I wrote a little poem in third grade about it, like Gore, Bush, and the election results came out and I didn't care. I went yeah. right back to playing. So yeah. if your child was that emotionally invested, that is you putting that on your child. And that's actually just sad. It also shows an endemic, uh, a, a certain uh, symptom of a, either a sick society or a sick system because we are incredibly free right this moment. I mean, really, I started by saying this, but think about it. You could walk out of here. You as an oppressed black woman could walk out of here and do anything. You can literally, I mean, with, within... There's nothing you can't do, right? Like you could just you could quit this tomorrow. You could go do another job. You could move to anywhere in the country. You could anything you want to do, you could do. Same for me. Same for all these the crew guys. Anyone can do whatever they want. It doesn't mean you're going to succeed at it. But these people, they they are trapped in believing. They're they're. I mean, really, it's sad in a way, and it's it's like we can joke about it. But I do want to offer these people a chance to escape. 
which is why maybe I do things in a slightly nicer tone um, than, than some, like we all just use different. You're going to say me? Well, that was going to come out weird to <laughs> come on your show and say that. But no, but then, think about uh, other people. Well, you know what? Sometimes people say to me, sometimes people say to me, you know, cause they know we're friends and they'll be like, you know, can't, but she's too, she's so abrasive on Twitter or she'll fighting with this one and that one. And like, they want me as if they want me to say something to you, like as I'm supposed to, as a mere keeper and I should like put <laughs> hey. you, put you in check. And it's like. You are relentlessly fighting for what you believe in. Right. And for me to, yes, do you sometimes tweet in a way where I'm like, ah, Maybe she could have let, let yeah, she could have let that one go or whatever. Yes, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you do. And yeah. I've texted you about it and whatever. And I would be more than happy if you did the same thing to me. It would right. be, that's what, that's the point of friendship also. But the, but the idea that you're fighting for what you believe in and that you, your tactics or anyone's- I hate are, when people say that. It, it's, it's, it's actually the most condescending thing that, so that's possible. And first, as if I could control you right. or it's my job to control you or you need to be controlled. But also, it's just, it's just a, you are fighting for something. What I think you're, you are trying to accomplish with the black community, I think has been so long overdue and has been so starved to, to, to be heard that if you have to do some can I say that on yeah, Prager you? you if you have to do some that maybe isn't the way I would do it to make your point, you got to do it. That's, that's what people really don't understand. So that's when really people it. say change your tactics, you could be nicer. We already tried nice in the black community. You tried a thousand different times. You tried yeah. polite. That was called Dr. Ben Carson. That was called Dr. Condoleezza Rice. That was called every other black conservative that came before me and was routinely dismissed as a coon and Uncle Tom. Yeah. Nice doesn't work in the black community, okay? Because we are sassier. And and we do have, there is an attitude in the black community. And the only way you're going to get us to do anything is is to black mom and dad it. Like my mom, when she's wake, wake us up in the morning, she was never like, hey, honey, I used to love going to my white friends' houses yeah. and sleeping over because like, their moms, doing an impression these of my white mom? moms were amazing. Yeah. They'd be like, hey, honey, do you want some breakfast? Do you want some eggs? I'm like, is, does this happen in white restaurants? <laughs> and then my mom, yeah. get your, out of bed. You got five minutes. You, you, we, they, the black community needs to be yelled at yeah. right now. And this is ridiculous. It's been 60 years. There are no results. You, you, we're, we're letting go of personal responsibility. We're doing it to ourselves. And we don't need someone to hold our hands. It's not going to work that way. It's not the way black people learn in general, okay? There's a plague on the black society. And if I have to black mom it, and I have to people like Brandon Tatum who need to black father it, and, and other people like Larry Elder who delivers the points hard. That's what we need. We can't be nice about it anymore. There's too much at stake. And it's been effective. So don't tell me to change something that's been working. Well, look, just in the last week or 10 days, Elizabeth Warren basically said she's for reparations. And the second I saw the tweet, I thought, holy Can I say shit on Prairie View? That's the episode title. Can yeah. I say shit on Prairie I said, I said, I said, holy Candace is truly making waves. Because there is no way they have they are realizing that they have lost the the lockstep black vote. That's exactly and right. and it's in large part because of what you've done. Right. So what are they going to do? What's all they can ever do? We're going to give you more money. Yep. We're going to give you more money. There was a great tweet that someone said, which was uh, I wish I could remember who said this. I just saw it a couple of days ago. It said, "I'm for reparations. Anyone that owned a slave and anyone that was a slave should uh, the, the owners should pay." DC Drano. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's who it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that was that was pretty great. Like that that gets to the point. I, I don't want to go too far on that, but the point is that you're you're actually breaking this thing that has been frozen for so long. Right. And if you got to do some stuff that's a little different, every, every- You got to throw stuff. To break stuff, you got to throw stuff. Guess what? Malcolm X and Martin Luther King had different approaches to doing things. Every every comedian that's ever said anything uh, has had a different way of saying something, right? right? Some, some comedians are dirty, some comedians are clean, but they can still comment on the world. Seinfeld was very clean. He never knew what he really thought about anything, but he could look at the world in a certain way that, that other people were able to look at in the same way. George Carlin was relentlessly Loved verbal him. and clear. No, and I miss him every day right. in my life. Loved I mean, I, I don't think anyone, any public person affected me more than him, but, but he talked about the world in a different way. We all do things in different ways. And this idea that we have to control each other to the point that, can't, so Kansas will speak exactly how Dave speaks. All right, what's, it's it ridiculous. won't work. And I, I yeah. just know I, I, I'm, I'm black, so I already know why it hasn't worked, why why I thought I had to be a liberal, why I thought I had to be a Democratic, because there was there, there was nobody that was throwing flames. Well, what did I tell you the first time? And it was literally the first time we met was the first time you were on my show. We, right. we met for two minutes before. We sat down. We did that thing. And I thought I was quoting you because I've done this backwards so many times. I thought you said it, but apparently I said it. I said, <laughs> I, said I took the red pill. You snorted it. Right. Yeah. But that's what it's like. You yeah. just, you just went in and were like, 
I'm I'm going to be unapologetic about this and whatever. Yep. And I just think all of our nature is a little bit different. Like my my human nature is to be a little more I want to see if I can massage this over to get these guys over here. And that may not always be right. You know what I mean? Sometimes you need the bombs like regardless of what's happened to to Milo, which I actually don't even know in the last year or so. Milo in a weird way was was necessary because he blew stuff up so that so that the pieces could start being put back together and i think i'm i think that's my job my job isn't necessarily to blow things up right. but i can help put the pieces together and and i think you have you have a little bit of both i think actually right and and we'll see yeah i do i mean i do both and it's not I mean, and look i'm not out there it, there's no theater with me i'm not showing up to get a reaction i'm not saying things that i don't mean but sometimes people hold my hold me to the fire for things that they just never lived through like you could have responded differently yeah. to the mosque shooting in new zealand yeah. i'm like can you give me that time in your life where you responded to a mosque shooting in yeah. new zealand <laughs> this is like bizarro land yeah. right and i'm like i'm a 29 year old girl being blamed for something upon a country and a continent that i've never visited yeah. and all i've ever said by the way is black people don't have to be Democrats. If you actually get down to the core right, if you of will, my what thesis, you're doing here. Right, what yeah. I'm doing, one sentence, black people don't have to be Democrats and the world cannot compute that. Yeah. It just does not work. They're, what are you talking about? We don't have to be Democrats. What do you mean? These are our ideological slaves. And everything I've been meant to endure, the increasing media hits against me, is because I'm making a difference and black people are waking up and they're messaging me and I'm getting thousands and thousands of emails just saying thank you because it wasn't that black people were opposed to conservative principles. We weren't exposed to them. Well, there's a certain beauty here because think about it. For every hit piece that has come out against you or when the Twitter, uh, the search bar on Twitter, what was that one? Remember when they put up far right Candace yeah. Owens or any of those things? You know, Kanye tweets about far right Candace Owens or any of that nonsense. Guess what? You're still here. Yeah. Not only are you still here, you're stronger than ever. Jordan Peterson is still here. I'm still here. Any of us that have gone through this machine where every day I could wake up and there's some other hit piece written about me or some blue check person calls me a Nazi, even though the fact that on both sides of my family, both sides of my family, I lost family members in Holocaust. I grew up around survivors. Um, I mean, I could tell you stories that are almost impossibly horrific to tell that I I won't do right this moment. But like, we we all get through it. We're all still here. And I think that that's what there's a reason people watch this. There's a reason people care about what you do. It's because I think, and it sounds lofty, but it's like it's like we're showing them that you can escape. And so when you're saying black people don't have to be Democrats, what you're saying is you can escape and you'll survive. And that's why you're so dangerous because you've survived. And no matter how many times they write hit pieces or no matter how many times, I mean, I was on tour with Jordan Peterson for a year. We did 130 stops in like 20 countries. Almost every day there was another ridiculous piece written or there'd be pieces written about the night before that I was at where they'd say it was, you know, 80% white and male. And I'd be like, that's couldn't be further from the truth. And even if it was true, that doesn't inherently mean it's bad. You know, the, the criticism, well, he's, He's attracting young white men as if that's somehow bad. Well, maybe there's a problem with young white men right now. Maybe they're having a crisis of confidence or... or Right? Here's the yeah. best argument. Maybe you're in a country that's majority white. Or, well, if you do an event in Nigeria, it's probably going to be 90 plus percent black. Like, that, that people, would... nobody has any idea about how, like, the actual demographics right. in America or the UK. And I'm like, so they'll come to our comments, they're like, you know, the majority of people are white. Yes, the majority of people that live in America are white. The majority of people in Ireland are white. Yeah. Right? They showed up to this Irish event is are white. Yes. Well, you're, this is, if you go to Africa, you might get a little bit of different. If you yeah. do an event in Nigeria, I'll keep you posted. This, 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 like, people don't get that. They have have not gotten that yet. Well, you got to use that logic. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Peterson doesn't yeah. in the UK, and the majority of and the people were white. Were white, but but the <laughs> but but even put aside demographics for a second. Let's pretend that eighty percent of his audience were not only white because they'll say white, but they always say angry white. They're angry, <laughs> young, kind of white. angry white men. Now let's pretend that was true, even though I'm telling you as someone that traveled with the man for the last year, it's not true. It's usually about 60, 40 male. Well, you you came to yeah, one of the shows. Yeah. So it's 60, 40, I would say male to female, but sometimes it's 50, 50 and probably sometimes more female. Age range is all over the place, all sorts of colors and blah, blah, blah. Um, but let's pretend they're right. And it's, and it's 80% angry young white men. Well, if his message is get out of chaos. I mean, that's that's the purpose of the book, right? It's 12 rules for life. Clean up your room. Start with yourself. Personal responsibility. <gasps> white supremacy. Yeah, seriously scary stuff. Well, it's, it's right, that's, that's Clean all. Clean my room, white supremacy. Yeah, right, exactly. So, but if the message then is, if he's taking people that may be hurting, 
they may be hurting and they're deserving of sympathy as just as anyone else would be. Just because they're young and white doesn't mean they're not deserving of sympathy. If it was all, if it was 100% young, angry white men, and he was getting them to listen to a lecture where he talks about personal responsibility, getting your life in order, being a better boyfriend or husband or worker or whatever it is you are, and they walk out of there with something, then how is that bad? It doesn't matter. But, but this gets to what... The demographics the, don't matter. If he's tre- preaching something that's good, it shouldn't It shouldn't matter. But we're in this weird society now where there there is a there is a war on white straight males. And it's 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 obvious in headlines, it's everywhere you go. It is permissible to be outwardly racist toward yeah. white people, especially if they are white and they are straight and they are male. Like you're lucky you have the gay thing going for yeah. you, right? I mean, they don't care I mean, though. Whatever. They, they brush over that yeah, sometimes they Yeah, too. they don't care. I mean, I spoke at Portland State University. They wrote homophobic Dave Rubin, you know, Antifa. <laughs> yeah. It's like I tell my husband I'm homophobic. He's confused. That is epic. Are they calling you homophobic? Yeah. I was I speaking with that. Christina Hoff Summers. They said she was a misogynist. I mean, it's, they, it's bananas. Yeah, up is down and down is up. I've, I've, I'm past all the names. I'm, I'm yeah. actually just trying to collect them all like Pokemon at this yeah. point. You know, I've got to catch them all. Like, yeah. what have I not been called yet? What yeah. have I not been called yet? But, but the point is you've survived. Yeah, and, 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 and they're taking the survived. severity out of that words. And a more serious note, like these words should mean something, right? It should, it should mean something. But when everybody is called racist for disagreeing with you, for having a differing opinion, for not looking like you, you you allow the racists to run around and do whatever they want because, hey, if if you actually are racist, what they're calling Candace Owens racist, what a great time what, to be racist what a in society. What a wickedly brilliant time to be racist. Right. Well, I think we've talked about my friend uh, David Webb, who I think you know, right? Yeah, you know yeah David? he's so, great. He did a show. So David and I, when I was on Sirius XM and I wanted to do a political show, but because I was out and gay, they would only keep me on the gay channel and I begged to put me on the political channel and they wouldn't do it and they put me out on the gay channel, the gay ta- channel. talking a real, because you know, gay people should have separate radio you stations. Separate you know, radio it's brilliant. It doesn't exist anymore, fortunately, because that's the beauty, actually, of equality. Because actually, as rights became equal, then why should a gay person have to listen to a gay radio station? So that's a beautiful thing when we can get out of those ghettos in a certain way. But anyway, David Webb was doing, uh, he's on the the right channel, I forget what it's called, the uh, Patriot channel. And uh, somehow we became, we met in the hallway, became friends, and I would do a show every now and again, and I was the lefty. I was definitely a lefty at the time, and he was the righty, and we'd argue things out and whatever. And then flash forward... A couple of years, I'm on the Young Turks, and this was one of my real seminal moments about what I realized about the pernicious racism of the left. They were playing a clip of Fox News and David Webb. And David Webb, I don't remember the specifics, but he was talking about some conservative talking points. And then they come back to us in the studio, and there's three of us there, and one of the hosts, doesn't matter his name, he goes, well, there's the, the token black guy, there's there's the Uncle Tom, there's the... And I thought, it was, it was the first moment that it really crystallized for me, because I was like, wait a minute, I know him. I'm friends with him. I've had dinner with him. We've gotten drunk together. I know this is not only a good man, but I know this is a man who believes what he is saying. And here is a white, lefty, liberal, you know, you know, the tolerant type who hears a black man who dares say something he disagrees with. So what what is the black man? Obviously, the black man's an Uncle Tom or a self-hating black man. Right. or The racial slurs that we and, have to endure. Yeah, and from the so-called tolerant, tolerant people. people. So when I, when I saw that, because it was real time right in front of me, and I'm looking at this guy and I'm thinking, I know that guy. That was one of the moments. You know, I've had we, everyone that's, that's watching this and all of us have had a few moments that are the real wake-up moments. And that was one for me when I was like, this is because it's not overt racism. I mean, that's how they confuse people because overt racism is like, I don't like black people or I don't want Jews coming to my country club or whatever it is. I don't want let let any Mexicans into America or something like that. That's overt racism if you take a group and you want to treat them differently. Their racism is different. Their racism is it's not overt, but it's 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 more subversive. It's actually much more dangerous. Right. right. It actually Be- if you look at it objectively, it is overt. If you're up there and you're calling someone a token right. or an Uncle Tom, right. so, somehow we've accepted that that's okay. Like overt racism towards black conservatives <laughs> is considered not racism. It's like, excuse me? Like yeah. could you could you imagine in what world someone like Laura Ingram or or Tucker Carlson could say things to a black liberal mm-hmm. that were racial slurs? Yeah. Well, all right, I, you know what? I'll come with you on that. It is right. We've like, accepted. Like, oh no, calling a token. It's not, that's not that. It's yeah. not covert racism. That is overt that, racism, right? Yeah. Like you are just saying it. Yeah. And society has accepted it. So okay. that shows you how the leftist narrative has become the mainstream narrative. Right. So what I'm calling covert, it's really <laughs> just because it's become mainstream. Right. Mainstream accepted. And what you're saying, I think you're right. Actually, is that 
is the overt part <laughs> it of it. Is. Because it's so obviously in your face, you can't even see it. Right. And and that's what the problem is. So, you know, I've seen many instances of this with the left. And what I can tell you is every time I go to a college uh, or any speaking event on the right, and I've done some of these with you and I do all sorts of them, I, I talk about disagreements that I have with them, uh, all sorts of things. And they are there to have that conversation. And it's incredible. It's in, it's actually incredible and it's shocking. And I think the more that the right, broadly speaking, the more the conservatives can just kind of sit back and be like, we're going to agree, agree to disagree. We're going to respect, you know, some difference of opinions. Like, so like, abortion would be one that I think would be really interesting where it's, that's a real make or break one for, for most people, right? You're either pro-life or you're pro-choice. I, I, do, I, do you think it's possible that someone could be conservative and uh, pro-choice? Do, do you think that's possible? Um, uh, it it kind of goes against the, the, the foundation of conservatism. You say you don't think that people have a right to live. Okay, right? so I think that that would Life, be... Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. And that that's something that usually collapses upon itself. Right, so I think the, the average person on the left would say, well, I care more about the, the life of the mother than the unborn child. But I, but I get your point, and I mm -hmm. think you're right. That's what most conservatives would say. But what I would argue is they, that conservatives should try to carve out a little space, not to become a pro-choice party, mm -hmm. but just a little space so that some of the people who are kind of just in between things and figuring things out know that that you don't have to get there that day, right. that there's room to move and operate. And I think the more that we see that on the right... I'm um, pro-life now, and I wasn't when I sat across from you on, on your show. And yeah, that was one of the things that I, remember. That I couldn't answer. Yeah. Um, and I'm pro-life now because I've, I'm, I'm much more educated about it, and education is key. So here's what I actually believe, and this is where I meet people in the middle because I used to be pro-choice, yeah. and I went to neutral, and now I'm pro-life. Um, if the education system actually just told the truth about abortion and what the process is, women would not probably – most women, you would see it drastically reduce, drastically reduce abortions. They talk about it in school like you're choosing between wearing brown shoes or yeah. black shoes in the morning when you learn about pro-choice. It's your choice. You wake up in the morning, you want to wear brown shoes or black shoes. That's how I learned about abortion. It was flippantly. It's on a baby. It's a clump of cells. You throw it away. There was nothing teaching you the truth about abortion. Go back, and I encourage everybody that's listening to this podcast to go watch Dr. Ben Carson dis just describe the process of abortion at this year's 2019. CPAC, your whole it, it does something to you because you're a human being yeah. and you can't hear a doctor describe to you how, what they do when they rip these babies out of the womb and suddenly you realize it's not a clump of cells, right? And that allows you to make a better decision. That allows you to actually assign some personal responsibility. Most of these people that are are really against abortion, either a they had one, and that you know I, know I have friends that had abortion, and then you feel like a hypocrite if you say that you're pro life. And mm -hmm. I invite people if you may if you if you had an abortion, we're all hypocrites. And we, we are, we, and, yeah. and you may and you did it when you were younger. That does not mean you cannot be pro life. Yeah. That actually may, would make you a stronger advocate for pro life. And I I invite those people in because I used to think like them, and I wasn't educated. And I do believe that you're right, and there needs to be a middle ground, and for people to know that they're not going to be judged. I don't judge people that are pro-choice. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. So I can go to a libertarian or conservative and, and talk about, I, I describe myself as begrudgingly pro-choice. I think it's a horrible decision to have to make. And I'm really struggling with it. And by the way, I'm struggling with it more now than ever because the left has gone so bananas on abortion. Nine months. So they're literally talking, I mean, they're, they're honestly having discussions about post-birth Abortions. I mean, really, which is just murder, right? Which is kill your two-year-old. No, will it be soon. Give it yeah, three years. Yeah. Be like, a, you know, what? I, w I don't really love this. Two we have a forty-six-year-old abortion, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> right. Have a, yeah. But but they're really they're going so extreme on this, where they think that third-term abortions should be allowed. Now, we could go into you know if you have a baby with a severe brain defect, and all, we can do all the the little the outlier cases to discuss all that. But what I can tell you is I can go to conservative events and talk about those things. And you know what I find usually? Usually the, the, if a student or someone will ask me about abortion, we get into it. Usually they're thrilled that someone disagreed with them respectfully. And, and they'll kind of at the end, they'll always be like, well, I'll, I'll get you soon enough or you'll come around soon enough. Right. And, and that's sort of like where I'm at, you know, when, when people, when lefties, the tolerant lefties get angry that I can call Ben Shapiro a friend despite his feeling about gay marriage or, you know, that he said he wouldn't bake me a cake for my wedding. And I'm not going to force the freaking guy to bake me a cake. And I don't think he would be a good baker. <laughs> I really don't and think I'm not Ben Shapiro's a, a good baker. Yeah, I'm not going to bake him a cake. I'll buy him a kosher cake and definitely pico. not a good baker. Yeah, right? he's definitely not a good baker. Putting that out there. But but the tolerant people get so angry when we agree to disagree. And they're doing it in the name of tolerance. And it's like, what, what are you saying? What are you actually saying? Who's being tolerant? The two people trying to agree to disagree or, or the tolerant lefties belittling them for it. Right. So... I, 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 these things can all be fixed. I think we're fixing them right now. And I really do think that there is a unique opportunity because of the Russia thing blowing up. 
that the the media has shown its cards and even for the people that for the last two years were kind of like ah what the hell is going on online with all this whole crew of people talking about things that are kind of making sense and blah 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 that were still like oh no cnn can't be lying it's like, how much more do you need now? So I really think there is such They're a... conspiracy theorists. Like is, people that call everybody conspiracy theorists they became, have, in fact, been the conspiracy theorists for the last yeah. two years. Well, think about it, though. If you went in, if you went all in, and there are many celebrities and, and political pundits and all, the, all these people, if you go all in on something, and this is what we were saying about racism before, if you go all in so that you think all of your political opponents are racists... It's extremely hard to get out. How are you? You've painted yourself into a corner. You can't say Trump's Hitler and repeatedly say it. And then it's three years later and you go, well, the economy's doing pretty good. We're clearly not going into any extra wars. Uh, he's changed some of our uh, foreign policy deals. He's basically destroyed the UN, which is the most corrupt organization in the ISIS, history of the world. ISIS, short, short of Legion of Doom, yeah. Right. Um, he's done all of these things. He's not He's not coming. No one, Anyone can leave America if right. you want to leave. You know, when they compare him to Hitler, it's like Hitler forced people to stay right. in death camps. Anyone can leave America. So the point is, if you've called him Hitler, you've paced, you painted yourself into such a corner that when you realize he's not, and let's say he's just a center-right guy, and yes, is he a little... Bombastic? Yeah, he's a little bombastic, and he's a little orange in the hair, what the hell's going on there, and all those things. <laughs> but the point is, if you've said he's Hitler, you can never get out of that. Right. How can... No, I was wrong about the Hitler thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, 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 Hitler, that's a bit much. But that's they, but that's what they've done. So they've they've they're holding themselves hostage, like the analogy I used before, and they've painted themselves into a corner. Right. And the trick is, well, how do we help these people out? Saying like like I just said, which is that if you're someone that's pro-choice, I would fully accept the transformation there. And what you do every day when you say you're a classical liberal, which is a huge lie. <laughs> <laughs> but you invite the conversation, and yeah. I actually and I, I I understand what you're saying about that, and yeah. I, I do think that. That's exactly what you're saying is that you and I have different approaches, yeah. but there needs to be someone that when they take their first step, you don't need to necessarily snort the red pill, yeah. right? But when you're ready to maybe digest a piece of it, you have Dave Rubin. But also, I'm not saying that I'm just a stopgap on the way to conservatism. Right. I am saying that classical liberals and conservatives of the day, right. I don't know that it can be saved. I'm worried about this. I mean, this is what I'm writing my book about. Like liberalism as, a, as an idea may be on its last legs mm -hmm. because the default position of liberals to be a little more open-minded about things in a t in a crazy time when you have a crazy postmodern leftist agenda maybe just being sort of nicer about things which is the default position of liberals usually because there is a more live and let live attitude there maybe that's not a tenable set of ideas right now in a crazy time and maybe that's why maybe maybe I don't know but maybe conservatism will have a stronger set of legs right now uh, for for the world as it's constructed at the moment What's the title of your book? Am I, am I allowed to ask that? Or is well, that I apps? can tell you after, but I can't. You can't tell, tell me. I can't, can't tell, tell me right now. now. But I believe it will be announced on April 29th with another big That's announcement. That's my birthday. On your birthday. It's my birthday, so we don't there overshadow we your book announcement. <laughs> I'll be turning 30 on April 29th, ladies and gentlemen. It's all about me. You're 29? Oh, I'm 29. I'll be 30. Oh, Jesus. I know. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. You see how I did it? It was about his book, and then it was, woo, <laughs> party for Candace. <laughs> Candace Owens show. I think everyone saw how you did I well, can't wait to trump your book announcement with my birthday announcement. It's going to be really fun. But you'll have Just a book. It sounds like we're going to have books coming out at basically yeah. the same time. Yeah. So this, this is the official challenge. Who will be higher on the New York Times bestseller list? Mm. Man, they are going to. Can you imagine that day I when know. they get the returns in that day? And, and Peterson has a new book coming out too. Yeah. And for all we know, Ben's book will still be up there. They're going to be like, Peterson, Shapiro, Owens, no, and Rubin. Right. Burn this place down. Right. You know? yeah. Now I, I just went with the curse. Right. Oh, you're going to be in big trouble. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. Don't worry. We can, yeah. we can beep things out. Um, all right. Well, so we wrap every episode with, have you seen my show? I have seen the show. Okay, good. I was checking to see yes. if you knew. So with, with you get two I minutes. Did you write of, a speech? I watched a little bit. Probably of, wrote a speech. Stay rude. I did not write a speech. Uh, uh, I am epically unprepared. <laughs> okay. You get two minutes to launch a vibration into the world. You say anything you want to that camera. And it had to fall on everybody's ears and it had to become a law tomorrow and it just had to be the way of the world. What would you say? Dave Rubin on the clock, on your mark, get set, go. I've done this once or twice on my show, so I think I can do it. Basically, what I would say is if you want to live as a free person in a free society, then you should always be fighting for your own individual rights. You should be fighting for limited government, limited power over people, limited power to have people. Can we start that over? No. Yes. No, we can't. You should be fighting for... 
other people to have limited power over you. And you know what that might mean? You might not be able to rejigger society to be exactly what you want it to be, but you will basically live as a free person. And that's all that you should want in a free society. You can't control everybody and not everybody can control you. That's the trade-off you gotta make. But we live, if you're watching this in America or pretty much in any Western country, you live in the freest, society in the history of the world, you can do what you want and don't give that up just because it kind of sounds right or because other people are promising to give you things because what they're promising you is servitude. So fight for what you believe in, say what you believe in, especially in America where we still have the First Amendment, where everyone in Europe is, is begging to, to have the same rights we have. Say what you believe because otherwise you think this is going to magically get better in three years? I have to tell you that it will not. I really was upset that I butchered the beginning of that thing because no, the rest good. was pretty it's solid. It's good. It comes off authentic. Yeah. Yeah. A little sidebar. Can I go over? No. That's what we need. That's exactly <laughs> what the show is And the about. vodka, by the way. Again. <laughs> <laughs> the vodka. We might have to start putting holes in it. Right? But this, this, my friend, this is what it's all about, right? right this know. is what it's all about. It yeah. does not matter what we disagree on. Yeah. It simply does not. We want to live in the same place that respects our ability to be different. Right. And you know what? Maybe five years from now, I'll have cracked because the left will have gotten me so crazed and whatever that I'll be that no they're of your course Twitter it's like the, uh, yeah mine's completely out of control yeah, but you know what it's just because they think you're still theirs they think they still there's something proprietary about because you because you say you're a liberal with me they're like she's a lost cause right so there's this right there's an extra threat there but mm -hmm. the point is maybe maybe five years from now I'll have completely cracked and gone off the deep end and I'll be angrily tweeting at everybody and you're gonna have to call me up and go Dave calm down settle yeah. down Thank you guys for watching the latest episode of The Candace Owens Show. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. As many of you guys already know, PragerU is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. I would really appreciate your support.